0: I thought I'd preach tonight on what to do when it looks like evil is winning. <laughs> when evil seems to be winning is the title of my message. And uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had to think about, you know, or thought about the, the, the question that why are the wicked always prospering? Or in your personal life, why is it that somebody always like there is always somebody that just gets away with something isn't it and you know and you think they keep getting away with it and, and uh, makes us a bit cross and you know I've got to show I don't always talk about my past but it's good night to c- confess my sins I think to, to you all Seeing there a long time ago but when I was quite young I struggled probably to really feel good about myself. I had a very beautiful sister who was very talented, in my opinion, and so I struggled to find my place and I was led. So I, I would always find the worst bunch of people to hang around with. I went to a private school, but I could always find the worst ones. And I can remember getting involved with a group and one night, I was a boarder, we decided to steal a chicken from the kitchen. <laughs> that was my big crime. And I can remember... Oh, we got it. You know, and the thrill... ...about the midnight hour going to steal this chicken and sliding through the open warming trays, you know, to get into the kitchen. You know, we had to slide through them to to get into the kitchen, to go to the freezer, to get the chicken out. Oh, dearie me. And then getting back to our room and then eating it. And, uh, you know, that was pretty exciting, I thought. But, you know, I felt quite guilty. I, I could never really enjoy my sin because there was this conscience that kept talking to me. And then when I went to my boarding school, who who I went to a party with in Brisbane, introduced me to a whole bunch of bad friends. And because I wanted to feel accepted and loved, I can remember stealing a book out of Myers one day and walking out and just tucking that book under my arm and sneaking out with this book. But when I got out So I was not God. And this was my pre Jesus days, I just want to tell you. And but I struggled so much to find my place in the world and to find my my spot in the world and It was not that easy, and really it wasn't until I came to Christ that I found, you know, the people that I loved to be with was the the church, and um, just started to learn to accept myself, and I think learning to accept yourself is a real journey, and uh, so getting away with it was something that I had a go at, but didn't do very well. Back to my question. Why, sometimes you ask the question, you know, why should I keep living for God when everyone around me is wicked? Even you look at the globe and you say, there's so much wickedness in the world. Why, you know, why should I bother? Why, why keep trying? Someone, you know, that seems to get away with stuff. It's just not good. And we can go, what in the world is going on? So I'm going to share it from Psalm 37 today because King David actually struggled with this whole thought too about the wicked who seem to be getting away with doing what they're doing and and it, it distressed him and when you look around at the world today the wickedness that is in the world we go people are getting away with stuff Shakespeare never liked Shakespeare at school Went to a private school to learn about Shakespeare but didn't pay much attention. (laughs) But Shakespeare despaired of the sinfulness of his generation and uh, he despaired that man would ever be redeemed, I think. He's a Christian poet and I find some of the things that he writes about, about the sinfulness of man is quite applicable to what we are looking at and seeing today. Let's turn to Psalm 37. And verse 1. It says this. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the work the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, and do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. When evil seems to be winning, we are to trust in the Lord. If you take away nothing else, take away nothing else, to be winning. God encourages us to trust him. There's three things I think that we can say about from this passage. The first one, in verse 1, "Do not fret because of evil doers." Don't fret. Fret's an interesting word. It means to gnaw at you or to burn or to be heated. To something gets agitated in the in the term of um, animals, it means um, if you're thinking of animals, it talks about it like um, to consume or to devour. So fretting about something consumes your time and your energy. It takes all of your attention. It just keeps your mind focused, and it gnaws away, and it drains the very life from you. It just It just takes, you know, we can look at the state of what's happening in our government or we can look at the state of what's happening with COVID and we could fret about it. But he says, don't fret. Do not fret. Tell me, what are you going to do? Do not fret. That's pretty simple, isn't it? He gives us some instructions. These are practical things to do. He says, "Do not fret." The second thing he said, there is a promise. Is there a promise here to be claimed? Let's look at verse 2. It says, "For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the herb." There you go. God will the wicked they actually have an end. And you know, King David, he actually said in Psalm 74 verse 3 to 8, he said, lift up your feet to the perpetual desolation The of everything in the sanctuary. Your enemies rule your meeting place and they have set fire. I mean, we're actually seeing this happen today in America. Catholic churches are being burned. The church across from, uh, from the White House was burned. It actually is happening today. And he says, they have an end. I actually like verse um, 35. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away and behold, he was no more. <laughs> How good is that? You know, God... I've seen the wicked spreading themselves, working hard to bring destruction and to pull down and dismantle systems, but he says in a moment they shall be like nothing and they shall be brought down to nothing. I love praying that. I love telling the devil, I say, God says you are as a non-existent thing... (laughs) And especially in this day and age, when the enemy is literally roaring across the world and shouting his plans and his, his um, things, God says that they have an end. As I was um, preparing to um, this message, I'd done up some notes on um, who the wicked are. Because, of that, you know, one day I, I thought, well, who are the wicked? Isn't it interesting you think? those wicked people. <laughs> I was a very wicked girl because I stole a chicken. You know? So who are the wicked? Like we, 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 it's a good question, don't you think? Have you ever asked yourself, well, who are the wicked? Okay, this message is not for you. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> okay. This is from a strong concordance study that I did. They can be people who are mindless, God calls them wicked, isn't that just awful? <laughs> you think, oh my gosh, just someone. We think that they're really awful people, you know, who lack restraint and who are lewd, you know, L-E-W-D. Irreverent with their mouth or vile, or morally foolish. they wilt and fall away. Sometimes the wicked can be people who simply make you feel like you're the one that's doing the wrong thing. Have you ever talked to people like that? Why am I the one that's feeling like I've done the wrong thing here? <laughs> Have you ever had that? Your brain's... Are- I mean, we've had conversations with people in the past and I can literally remember walking away feeling drained, like just the very life gets sapped out of you. Wickedness, wickedness. And Peter was preaching this morning that, about spiritual warfare. You know, our fight is not with people. It's, flesh and, it's not with flesh and blood. It's with spiritual powers in the high places. So the spirit works It says, in the people of disobedience, lawlessness is filling the earth because it's the spirit that is at work. So the wicked, God says, will have an end. So it gives you a little bit of an idea of who the wicked are. Verse 10 says, Yet in a little while the wicked shall be no more. You will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. I think this scripture is both terrible because we have all sinned. But he speaking to the unrepentant, to those who say, "This is the way and I'm not changing my mind." God says there is coming a judgment. God is just and he will punish the wicked. It's interesting, you know, that Jesus sent his son to save us and God has shown us his mercy through the death of his son and yet people still refuse to walk in his ways. You know, so God has shown us his mercy and yet people say, I don't want it. So God is just. God has made a way for the wicked to find a place in heaven to repent, to turn, you know, to change their mind about how they're living. But he says, if they will not, they will come to an end. There comes a day. God has shown his mercy. So, those two things, you know, when it comes, understand that we're not to fret. The wicked will have a day where they won't get away with what they get away with. I think sometimes we find friends or people that we know who continually get away with the wrong thing. Can We can take comfort. We don't have to, to um, fret out that. We can say, well, he will avenge. He will deal with things like that eventually because we do not get away with it forever. So how do we go? in practical ways what are some practical ways that we can trust in the Lord because we don't want to focus on that I just want to get all that out of the way okay you all you're good just want to check that everybody's feeling okay and not feeling too stressed over that okay how do we garner strength and how do we trust the first one I think is we have to learn to focus on the Lord as I was preparing this, remember past battles. When your mind is on the trouble, you can't focus on God. And I was thinking of Second Chronicles 20. Most of you would understand the story about Second Chronicles 20, where Jehoshaphat was besieged by three different enemies that came at him, and he felt overwhelmed. And I think there's occasion probably in the world today for us to feel overwhelmed because the enemy seems to be coming every which way to assault everything that we believe, everything that we've grown up with. Peter and I have lived a lot of years now and we're at the other end. Some of you are coming into it. And we look back. We've never seen challenges in our schooling system and in our our government that want to tear down everything that we have lived and believed in and set up something, goodness knows what, that we don't know is better. In fact, we know it's worse. You know, and the push for Marxism in our country as well and in America is very real. These are things that we've got to deal with, you know, and the enemy is coming at us from every which way. But God says not to focus on the trouble, but to focus on me. Second Chronicles twenty, I really want to look at just verse twenty two. Because what happens is that they, they went out to battle, they prayed and went to battle and they put the singers in front and it says that as they went out, God in verse 22, it says they began to sing... And to praise, and the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. When they had made an end of all the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Now, isn't it amazing? I find that when we're besieged with trouble, very often the first thing we want to do is be defensive and to pull back and to withdraw. But here, he heard from God and God gave him a strategy and he said, I want you to go out with the, put the singers in front. And God said, watch, I'll fight. And he says, I will set ambushments against your enemies. You know what I think today? I think God's going to set a few ambushments about. I think the enemy strategizes A lot of this stuff that's been going on that we're now seeing it, the fruition of in our schools and things like that, I sit here and I think, God, what are you up to? What ambushments are you setting up for your people to bring deliverance? You know, God promises when we look at past when we look at that. And time and time again, that when the enemy... it's called miracle. You see, God is a God of miracles, and He says, "I want you when you feeling." That the evil God says, if you press in and pray and think, my friend, Peter said it this morning. He showed us that the Jacob. Prayed. It took us to Revelation chapter 6 and he says "The our prayers are the church and Jesus is the bow and he said your bow will stand you see God of God for a possession and they stand there and they scorn the people of God and God says I have a people in my quiver and I'm going to pull them out and I'm going to set them in my bow and they're going to pray and as I release the prayers of the saints into the earth he said I will bring deliverance come on we've got to believe every good plan in your home in uh I don't want to work up a sweat for nothing. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So first, and remember, trust in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. When you start to trust, when you say, I'm going to go out, you know, don't cower because of COVID-19. Just get bold. like King Saul did, sitting under the trees. And Jonathan and his armour bearer said, let's do something. And so they got up and they said, let's take on the Philistines. This is Judges 14. And off they go. And all of a sudden he said, if God's for us, he can win by many or a few. Let's go into the Philistines. And they started, sl- when he went to slay the Philistines, God said, An earthquake. And all of a sudden they, they started to destroy the enemy and Saul sitting under the tree. And he goes, oh, what's that noise? And so then all Israel decided they better come and join the battle. It just takes a few. It just takes you. So- For you, enlargement and increase in your work, in your home, in your family, for things to be better and bigger. And I don't care what the economy says, my God will bless his people. God is just. Psalm 73, verse 15, King David said this, Behold, these are ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. And when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. We can have pity on those who want to doggedly choose their own way. And not the way of God. Because God says. They have an end. And it's not a good one. So what are some of the attributes we could focus on. When wickedness seems to be winning. When people seem to be getting away with stuff. One of the names of God is this. El Elyon. The most high God. He is the first cause of everything. The possessor of heaven and earth the everlasting God, the great God, the merciful God, the faithful God, mighty God, truth, justice, and perfection. See that word? Justice. He's a God who will bring justice to everything that is not right. We can trust him because he is just. It tells us in Luke 18 verse 8 that nevertheless... I will avenge them speedily. You know, the unjust, the woman who goes to the unjust judge and can't get what she wants and keeps going and keeps going. God says, how much more will I avenge my own elect because they come to me day and night asking for me? If we will just do it, God is just. He will help. And the third point, as I close, is this. Remember, don't drop the baton. Let me go back to Psalm 37. He says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Or cultivate faithfulness. So when things look like everything's going down the toilet, when things look like the absolutely enemy is winning and beating us, when it looks like we're not going to win... He said cultivate faithfulness. Do you know I find in the church as I have served for more than 40 years that the very thing that God says to do is often the very hardest thing to do when you feel that you're just losing because what you want to do is just quit and give up and you say I've had enough it's too hard I can't keep going and yet it could be that It's kind of like childbirth, but let's not go there. Right before that child. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like the world. You might sit there and think, what on earth has happened to our culture? Don't run away, he's saying. He says, stay in the land and feed on my faithfulness. And as we are faithful to God, God is faithful to us. When you feel that you can't come to church because I've just had the crappiest day and it's too hard, that's when you could come and God will bring you over the edge and help you. But he said, cultivate it. Can I say that word actually means it's a skill to be learned. Faithfulness is not always something that comes natural to some people. Cultivating faithfulness. And we're very grateful in this church that we have a lot of very faithful people. And I want to honour you for that. God says in Luke 18.1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Hebrews 13.16 says, do not forget to do good. So as we conclude, when it seems like evil is winning, remember to focus on the Lord Remember that God is just and don't drop at me.